When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with my friend, Isabella. Hi, nice to meet you. So my name's Bella, and I'm 20 years old, and I live in the UK in Scarborough, which is the little northern seaside town in the north of England. So I've just graduated from university. So I graduated from the University of Leeds with uh, first-class honours in medical microbiology. Wow, okay, scholar. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't fun. It was awful. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Unfortunately, ended up being very relevant to our current pandemic situation, which meant I had to do a placement on top of it to work in the COVID testing centers and stuff like that. So unfortunately, like unfortunately, very relevant, but meant it was pretty intense. Yeah, that's mm. awesome, though, because you can immediately like apply what you just learned into the real world. So... Today, we're going to be diving into more of this whole academic education related topic. As you probably saw in the title, it's going to be about gifted kid burnout. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit more about our backgrounds because I'm from the US. I live in California. So my education system is very different from Isabella's from the UK. Mm -hmm. All from standardized testing to the title we give for colleges, universities, high school, all of that. So because I'm from the UK, we don't actually have high school. We have secondary school where in the final two years, so this the, in like when you're 14 to 16, you do your GCSEs, which is like a set of 10 kind of exams where you choose the areas you want to go into. But there's more broad really than A-levels. It's kind of like a broad selection, but you can drop a few subjects. And then from that, you then get your grades and you apply to do A-levels or you might do an apprenticeship or B-tech, something else. But the more academic route is A-levels and that's a sixth form. So then from you, those A-levels, which are more specialised choices, you then go on to university. So it kind of like it's like a pyramid scheme for us in the UK. <laughs> are the A-levels like a test or are those like classes? So it's classes, but there's big exams at the end of them. So it used to be that you had exams throughout the year and it would all add up at the end of being one big exam, whereas now it's just one big exam in July after the two years. But what's even more confusing is you can do, so they're two-year courses, but you can only do it for one year and get an AS level in it. But no one does that anymore because it's so much work and pretty pointless. I'm so lost. Like, that sounds <laughs> so complicated. In America, mm -hmm. our system is you go to high school, which is grade 9 to grade 10, mm -hmm. 12 oh my god <laughs> you go to high school <laughs> from grade 9 to grade 12 mm -hmm. and then afterwards um in your senior year which is like grade 12 you start mm -hmm. applying to colleges so we call it colleges or universities like whatever mm -hmm. it's like the same thing but it's basically like um like higher education schools for mm -hmm. four years and then you get your bachelor's 
See, that's the other thing. I was only three years. Like, we don't have the extra... I don't know what you guys do in the extra year, but we don't have that. We just have your first, second, first year, second year, third year. That's it, which is weird. Another weird difference. Yeah. Wait, so what... How old are you guys when you graduate from high school or... What was it? A-levels? And then... A-levels, yeah. Yeah, so how old are you when you graduate from A-levels and then college? So because I'm an August baby, so I'm 20, but I finished my degree. So that's all it done now. I know, it's pretty So you got your bachelor's at 20? Yeah, because I'm born in August. So in like a few weeks, I'll become 21. But I've completed my degree, all finished, done. Oh my gosh. Wait, first of all, I was also born in August. So that's really cool. It's a great month. (laughs) Yes, yes, August. Are you a Virgo August or a Leo August? I'm a Leo August. Mm, okay I'm a Virgo August <laughs> we were so close we were so, it could have been great <laughs> yeah it's okay the, we, we'll just forget about astrology for a second we'll just put yeah. that into a little box <laughs> but yeah so when you're 18 you is when you leave your is when you leave sick form so that's your a-levels that's when you leave that so it's like 16 is your GCSEs 18 is your a-levels going into degree and normally you're around 21 when you finish university but because I'm an August baby I'm 20 but yeah it's around those stages that's the kind of general obviously you can take gap years you could do a year in industry a year like we do these year abroad so you probably have some students if you have students who are in college you'll have a lot of English people going over from the English universities going over and having their year abroad a lot over in America yeah mm-hmm. yeah study abroad mm-hmm. a lot of people do it's just so expensive oh yeah for sure it's so expensive 20,000 one of my friends was like I can't afford that no thank you Mm -hmm. yeah we were talking about this earlier too on how our tuition is so much more expensive than the tuition in the UK like so much more but yeah I think ours is so expensive because Germany and places like that it's free so it's just like oh wow let me move to Germany (laughs) I know we all just need to go over there it's much better <laughs> yeah oh my gosh okay let me check out some schools maybe apply there you know <laughs> uh, honestly I'd recommend but yeah UK it's only nine and a half grand but that is if you are a UK resident I know the international fees are, I think are a lot higher and that's in pounds right yeah nine thousand nine and a half grand yeah in pounds Oh, so it's probably like the same as our public high school, not high schools, public universities then. Yeah, probably. We only have one type of university. So you only have like the nine and a half grand everywhere. That's kind of just how it goes. Um, But what do you mean like public and private unis? That sounds weird. (laughs) Yeah. So we have like public colleges. So those are like um, funded by the government. So mm-hmm. for example, UCLA, that's like one of the most popular public universities. And then mm. a private school would be like Harvard. Oh, yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense. But God, that's why they can be so expensive then, because it's not like a government decided amount that they are having to pay. They can yeah. choose how much they want to pay. Exactly. No, that's so much <laughs> Oh, it's so complicated. Why can't everyone just be the same? It'd be so much easier. <laughs> yeah, on a global spectrum. It, it would just make so much more sense. <laughs> so going back to what we were talking about, what were you involved in high school? 
So throughout high school, I did, so in my GCSEs, which is, I guess, your junior years, I don't know, year one and year two of um, high school, I guess it would be. I did all of my GCSEs, which is about 10 subjects. And then I did an extra subject, just like after school classes to get an extra GCSE. It's just what I ended up doing, which actually made no difference long term. This is what I think I found. A lot of the things that I put in so much effort in, in like those two years when I was only like 15, 16, actually had no impact at all on where I am now. So I'm really sorry if you're listening to this and putting in loads of stuff in whilst you're in the junior levels of high school and stuff like that. Because I thought it would go on my CV for a long term. I'd be like doing extra volunteering work, like extra. We have this thing in the UK called Duke of Edinburgh. I don't know if you have like a similar thing in America, but it was a thing that like the Duke of Edinburgh started. So it's uh, three different awards. So there's bronze, silver and gold. And the universities love them because you have to do skills, physical and volunteering. And just kind of makes you a well-rounded person. I don't really understand it, but <laughs> you have to do like they kind of like the gold ones are long one that was like a year to do whereas silver is like six months and bronze is the least one and you kind of go as you get older you do the next one the next one so I ended up doing that like bronze in GCSEs so that was like how why you had to do so much volunteering work and like hockey clubs and stuff like that kind of forces you into doing those clubs but on top of that I was also like the hockey captain athletics captain like a lot of sports stuff so that's really what I did in my GCSEs it was just pretty intense but not a lot of it impacted things now which is weird to look back on because I thought it really would but it didn't I feel like that's a thing with being high achiever burnout you start to realize these things and it's kind of upsetting (laughs) yeah exactly and um in America we kind of just we don't have like a specific award for it but everyone just does it because it looks good on college apps, you know, so we have to have really high GPAs, get like straight A's, and then um, be involved in a ton of extracurriculars. So that's Mm -hmm. including sports, volunteering work, your part-time job, your full-time job, anything, um, Mm -hmm. just anything outside of school. And so people are usually involved in like, so many different clubs, and then they have like, various leadership positions and then they're in like a varsity sports team and then they they're also getting like straight A's so it's like wow that's so overwhelming it feels like a tick box I feel like school and university and when you start thinking that you've got to achieve so much you stop living just because things are fun like I know for a good few years I just started doing stuff because it looked good like there were some things I just didn't enjoy but I knew it would look good on my CV so like well I've got to do it and when you're 15 16 even like 17 18 you shouldn't be doing stuff because you have to I feel like it's a really sad thing that's happened with the university and education system that it's made it like a checklist almost mm-hmm. exactly and it's hard because you know for me, at least, I always try to advocate for doing things that I'm passionate about. And mm. I'm really lucky to be able to select those things I'm passionate about from my school because they offer such a wide variety of different subjects, mm. different clubs. But some people don't get the opportunity and they're only limited to certain extracurriculars they can participate in. So then they feel like they're forced to do those activities they don't even like. But you have to do it in order to get to the place where you quote unquote want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing with my A-levels. So I do like biology, English, chemistry and maths. 
but I am awful at maths and I hate chemistry, but I needed to do my degree. I needed to have three sciences. And so, and because I did English, that obviously didn't count as one, but I didn't enjoy those two subjects, but to get to where I wanted to go, I had to do them, but it kind of felt like a bit of like the wrong way round because I didn't need them to, they were never going to be useful in my degree. The university system just wanted me to have them. And I just think that's sad because it mm-hmm. was so closed off, as you said, it kind of, I feel like it makes it a very stressful education process because you're forcing yourself to learn rather than enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, I guess I can see why they do that because they want to create those like well-rounded students. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I guess, tough for us. And it's not like I'm complaining about it. It's more so like I lived through it and I'm just like reflecting back on how tough it was to be required to do a subject that I'm not really interested in or good at you know like Mm -hmm. sometimes you can be uninterested in a subject but still perform really well at it but sometimes like you you don't have any motivation you don't like what's going on and you're also not good at it (laughs) so Mm -hmm. then it's like you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do good at it even though like sometimes you just can't But then you're always telling yourself like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. I need to do this. I think that's the thing. It's the pressure side of it. I think all of these courses and stuff, they'd be enjoyable if they weren't like you got a bad test result. And instead of having like a panic attack about the fact that you're not going to get the grade you need to do, you just thought, okay, it's fine. I'll go back and relearn this. What didn't I understand? But rather than doing that, because there's so much pressure on you to get those grades, it jumps straight to like fear, anxiety, stress mode, which I think is where the real like, bad part of it all comes from like what it stems from mm-hmm. exactly exactly it's that fear because mm. for me at least whenever I get like a bad grade on a test I'm like oh my gosh okay so if I get this if I fail this exam right that mm. means I have to get straight A's on like all of my other future tests not only that if I don't get a straight A or if I don't get like a hundred percent on it I'm gonna lose that hope of getting into a good college and then if I don't get into a good college I'm not going to get a job and if I don't have a job I'm not going to live my dream life I'm not going to be able to stay at home I'm going to be homeless I'm going <laughs> like, yeah, to gonna... spiral exactly like it's so wrapped up in it all and it's scary it can get really because there's so much pressure that we're putting on these one exams that when it goes badly it goes really badly and I feel like that's often just it can just be so overwhelming it's really hard to come back from that point once you start to thinking that you're failing and things like that mm-hmm. exactly it's stressful tell me about it it's so <laughs> so stressful and let's talk a little bit more about this whole like placing so much pressure on yourself I know mm-hmm. there's various different factors playing into this for example some external pressures from your parents your teachers society that's a whole subject we can go into for hours and hours yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then there's also internal pressures like the pressure you place on yourself for the goals you want to achieve in the future so how do you think these pressures affected you growing up I think I was very lucky because my parents didn't really put a lot of pressure on me for university or for college or like in any part of my school career really they were always very like supportive which made it even weirder why I was so stressed and anxious about it all because there was no pressure from home about having to achieve certain grades they were just really supportive about whatever I did do all the pressure was really coming for myself but I definitely think 
teachers put a lot of pressure on you once you have achieved it's like once you because I did quite well in my GCSEs everyone expected me to do really well in my A-levels and like go really far and I think that put so much pressure on me that I got so stressed out about it which meant I didn't achieve the grades that I wanted to achieve in my A-levels when that pressure was removed I did really well in my degree so I think that kind of shows you the impact of like other people expecting things of you has it just gets really kind of you're not doing it for you anymore and you get really scared I think that's what I found that the pressure when you've got so much pressure on you to achieve a certain like grade or certain score it just gets really scary because if you don't achieve it you start thinking like your worth is associated with that score and like your worth will like depreciate if you don't have the score that you want and I think that is where I knew it got bad in like my second year of university because I remember walking into my tutor's office and I having a toast I was just like crying because I got a really bad score and I didn't know what I was going to do and like crying to him being like what if I don't get a 2-1 which I don't know if that's the same for college I don't know how you guys mark your like degree scores but a 2-1 is like the grade you need in the UK to be able to do a master's it's kind of like the baseline one to go forward with further academic studies and she was crying being like what if I don't get it what's going to happen and he was like what do you actually think is going to happen if you don't get it? Like, you're going to be fine. Nothing bad happens. You're not, no one's going to shout it. You're not going to die. It's not like, okay, she's got a 2-2, two, two, that's it. She's out. She's gone. Nothing like that. But I'd associated so much of my worth with this grade that I was getting that I couldn't imagine my future without getting that grade. And I don't know whether that's society. I think that's impacted by society, also by the teachers by no fault of their own wanting you to perform well because it reflects well on them and they care about you I just think it all molds into this one stress anxiety hard to get out of situation I don't know how we fix it either because I know I'm not the only one yeah that was so well said like you Mm. touched on everything and it's true like you don't know how to fix it just because you know this pressure stems from every corner You have your teachers, your parents, yourself, society. And when I talk about society, I think it kind of touches on everything. (laughs) So it goes from what colleges expect from you. It goes from what people like strangers expect from you. There's just so many different expectations placed on you and how we as a society kind of determined that, okay, to be a successful person, you have to get good grades, you have to perform well in everything. And you have to get a college education, you have to get at least a bachelor's in order to be successful. And all of these factors, it's like, okay, well, if I don't do something that's standardized, then I'm going to be a failure. And I won't be able to do anything in my life that I'm happy about. Exactly. I feel like it stemmed from when we're so young, you're tested from when you're so young it's so weird in year six we were stressed about like that's when you're 11 you're already getting tested and it's like we have these SATs tests which are just like a kind of universal test that everyone does which actually means nothing to you it's just a kind of like a reflection on the school it's for them but everyone puts the pressure on you so from when you're 11 you're being tested on everything and from the four years up to that you're having year tests where you're doing English comprehension reading spelling all of this and I know testing is needed to see where you're at But there must be a more, I don't know, gentle way of testing, a way of kind of less pressure, more just kind of figuring it out as it goes. There must be something like that because I, it must stem from there. If you're already getting stressed about tests age 11, it's not going to go away. It's not going to get better. 
she's going to get so much worse. Like we used to have to sit in these massive school halls and it would be like, you'd be sat on your own desk and you'd be eight. That's yeah. so much pressure. Just sat in like this room full of silence. You're not allowed to talk. Everyone's going to compare that to like results afterwards. It's kind of, that's so toxic. Mm-hmm. as something to happen to you I don't know it's just weird thinking about doing that now actually I don't know if this applies to all of America but I know in California we have something called like the SBAC testing which is basically a state testing thing that we had to do so every year from I think second grade till eighth grade and then once again in 11th grade so how old we- are you in those grades? So second grade, second grade is about seven years old. I was seven Mm -hmm. when I was in second grade. And then, yeah, so every year after that, you do one major state testing every single Mm -hmm. year, which again, determines like your reading comprehension, writing skills, math skills, all of those like basic skills. And it's really interesting what you said earlier on how these scores do not really reflect you more so of the school because we don't talk about that enough. Like we always think that, okay, this score reflects me and my performance, which is true. You know, you can see your own levels of reading, writing, math, but it's also for the school to see like, how their students are doing, how the teachers are teaching, you know, there's like so many different factors. Why are we giving so much pressure on ourselves? Even in second grade, I remember my teacher being like, okay, so we're about to start our state testing. You know, at least she was kind about it. She gave us like desserts afterwards, which is really nice. But I mean, after that, I didn't get any desserts, but (laughs) 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 some people didn't even get desserts in their second grade. It was just my sweet teacher but (laughs) (laughs) even then like we had so much pressure because we thought this was like okay if you get a bad grade you're gonna have to restart the whole year or something Mm -hmm. and then you're just like failing classes everyone's gonna laugh at you because you're quote-unquote stupid (laughs) you know literally yeah so it's like okay I'm gonna place all of my worth on this specific test and if I do poorly on it then I'm a horrible person with the lack of brain cells and Mm -hmm. I don't deserve anything you know it's this horrible negative self-talk it's just so and you don't realize what you're comparing yourself against so I do a lot of tutoring as well so I'm tutoring kids in like key stage two key stage three which are probably like year eight nine up to GCSE but I'm tutoring them so I'm giving them basically extra lessons to do these tests so other kids who don't have that privilege of being able to afford extra tutoring you don't know what you're comparing yourself against someone might be like for your SATs I don't know how it works but you were saying about how some people can afford to do massive schools after school like loads of lessons things like that they can afford that I bet loads of people can't afford that which means that they're having to self-teach themselves so it's kind of society's made it so much of a comparison that you have to do against each other but it's not a level playing field at all even slightly but yet you're meant to fully compare yourself as if you're the exact same and that's why there's so much pressure just think it just makes no sense really exactly no I thought that was such a great point because I'm someone who cannot afford SAT prep like Mm -hmm. growing up I've never had any tutors I learned everything by myself yet I still have grades that other people look up to you know and Mm -hmm. this is all from 
years and years of hard work of having to sleep late because I'm like teaching myself everything and spending up to like one hour for one math problem. Like that actually yeah. happened once. And I was like, okay, why am I torturing myself like this? Like, it's not that serious, you know? Mm -hmm. But we kind of just have that assumption that like our whole entire identity revolves around school, which kind of makes sense since that's the only thing we're doing at such a young age, you know? Then I think that's really toxic because like I found now graduated university and now I've been left and I don't know what to do. And I've like just no really weird headspace about it all because now like I've finished my academic career, like I'll go back and do my master's next year. But for the time being, I'm not doing any, there's nothing coming in September. I'm not going back to school. And that hasn't happened since I was four. Like when you've pressed so much of your worth in school and then all of a sudden you've achieved everything, you don't need to go to school anymore. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I use these skills anymore? It's a weird kind of remove, like the pressure has been removed, but those thoughts are still there, which like is really uncomfortable to deal with. And I don't quite know how to fix that either. Mm -hmm, definitely. Because, you know, you're spending so much time working on getting straight A's, you know, mm -hmm. you don't remember what it's like to enjoy life outside of getting good grades. For me, I've always been such a high achieving academic student, quote unquote. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's like, okay, after I get that A for one semester and we're on winter break, you know, I'm kind of just relaxing and I'm like, okay, so what now, you know? And then mm -hmm. second semester starts, I get stressed out again. And then after I'm done, I get the grades I want and I'm like, okay, nice. Like you, you're happy about it for, I don't know, a few hours and then you forget. Literally. That's it, you moved on. I saw this thing and I think this is what happens when you're used to being like, academically I think this is actually just a whole thing in general about academia but when you're gifted at it like I don't know gifted gifted I don't know when you like strive to do really well at it everything that you go to through is really stressful so I feel like in a weird way you become really addicted to stress because I've now noticed in myself I create these stressful situations and my friends will be like this isn't a thing you need to stress about this is actually nothing but I feel like like you said each I'm kind of used to this kind of cyclical stress get a result it's okay something else is coming stress again and now there's no stress coming and it's weird and I feel like my body doesn't know what to do and I don't it's just weird it's just really weird being I think we are just addicted to stress yeah that's so interesting because like you're you're spot on with that you know with testing I feel like that's where most of the stress comes from mm, definitely. after you finish a test you're like waiting for the results which is stressful in and of itself and then mm. after the results come out it's either good or bad so if it's bad you start like worrying about the future and then mm -hmm. if it's good you're kind of just like oh nice and then like one hour later you're like okay what now yeah what do I do next it's like this addicted hyper productivity moment mm -hmm. I feel like when you're a high achiever you need to you need to timetable your time like in my final few months of my degree like I was waking up so early everything had like a specific hour slot and then as soon as it was done I then had free time and I was like this is weird this is weird this is strange I just be sat there and now I know I actually I cannot just watch TV. Like I always have like a screen up next to it and I'm just typing or I'm Googling something, yeah. I'm planning something. 
doing something for my podcast like I'm doing something Mm -hmm. which is like everyone else can just sit there and watch it and I just can't I don't know if you have the same thing it's just weird no I feel the exact same way I call ourselves like pro multitaskers because that's what Mm -hmm. we do if we don't do it then at least for me I feel so guilty for relaxing that's like Mm -hmm. the key thing to pretty much all of my life like I've never been like okay so my family's going on a vacation I'm gonna bring nothing except for my clothes and whatever I need to you know change into um, and then I'm going to enjoy these moments on the beach and just relax, have a great time. No, it is not like that. I always bring like two books. I don't even read, but I still <laughs> bring like two books. I'm like, just in case. And then mm-hmm. I start bringing random homework that may or may not be assigned to me because I'm just like, okay, oh. why not get a head start? I'm like, hmm, maybe I can work on SAT prep stuff, which is useless because I didn't even take the SAT test. It's like, (laughs) why am I doing things that one, I don't need to do? Second of all, I can literally enjoy my time on the beach having fun with my family. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and then this and then this, creating a whole to-do list of assignments that don't even exist. Literally, that's the thing. Like, I remember being in year nine, which for us is when you're like, 13 mm-hmm. and we'd gone on like this family holiday to Croatia we were going and I brought school books with me to do schoolwork to revise for these tests which actually meant nothing they meant nothing they were like yes they were end of year tests but you're in year nine age 13 and it's going to have no impact on anything at all yeah but I was still like ruined this family holiday being like got to wake up early got to revise not going in the pool this is it guys <laughs> got to prep now no it, it makes it's honestly it's just mind-blowing to think about the stress that we put ourselves through which Mm -hmm. is totally unnecessary but do you find I've noticed this with myself as well right right now like I obviously don't have anything to do that's kind of absolutely got to do it and I don't know if you've like been in this position obviously throughout summer and stuff but I just go on Instagram a lot because that I saw this thing that's like when you're scrolling that's bringing a new thing into your head each time it's kind of like stimulating the stress responses saying that like is adapting to a new situation constantly so people who are addicted to stress are often like Instagram because they keep moving on to it and I honestly I can't just sit there I'll just be sit there and then my brain will want something and I'll scroll mm-hmm. it's bad. exactly that's so true all of the high achieving students that I talk to they're all addicted to their phones whether it's through mm-hmm. video game on social media like Instagram and TikTok everyone is so addicted to it and I think that might be the reason why just because we're so used to stress and Instagram we say it's our way of relaxing but honestly like is it really (laughs) no it's making your brain multitask like what you were saying it's kind of making it think about new things it can't it might it just can't be still and just focused on nothing it needs that kind of extra input to have something going along with it to have something else to multitask have something else to think about on top of what you're doing it's once you start thinking about all these little character traits that you have because of school it's honestly pretty shocking I think yeah exactly school creates your personality that's scary like have you seen these other schools called I think I don't know how to say this it's like Montessori like M-O-T-E-S-O-R-R-I I don't know if it's an American thing or if it's a British thing I don't know what it is but it's these schools which more focused on like you just learn through whatever you want to learn through it's kind of like learning through play learning through like all of these things when you're a child you kind of just 
do your own learning process. And there are schools entirely dedicated to it, more focusing on making your well-rounded person rather than academically talented, a person. And I am going to be so interested in 10 years when these schools are putting out students that are 18, 19, 20, how they're going to compare. Oh my gosh. What's their character going to be like? Because they haven't had to do these tests constantly all the time. Mm-hmm. They've just grown up. They've just like explored the world and grown up that way. I am so jealous. <laughs> Same. When I found out about it, honestly, I was like, God, this is not fair at all. Chosen the wrong life path. We need to swap. And I bet you're allowed to explore things you're bad at. I think that's a big thing. Like, I didn't really do things I was bad at because I didn't like being bad at things. And it's such a toxic character trait to have. And I know it's bad, mm-hmm. but I never really did things I was bad at. And I find it really hard right now to like start a new hobby because I'll be starting from like ground zero. But I bet in those types of schools, you're allowed to guide yourself and be like, I'm terrible at this, but it makes me really happy. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. And everyone supports you in that. And you never think negatively about trying new things. I think that's an interesting kind of, I wonder what that would be like. Yeah, no, you're, oh my gosh, everything you're saying right now is so relatable because I have such a hard time getting started with doing homework, getting started with editing my podcast, all of these things, Mm -hmm. because I know if I don't do it, it's going to be a problem. But also at the same time, like I really, really don't like it. And also at the same time, I'm bad at it. You know, I'm yeah. I'm not great at editing podcasts. I'm not great at doing homework 100% because I need to learn through it. You know, you're starting mm-hmm. from ground zero again, like what you said. And that's mm-hmm. so tough because you're going to continuously make mistakes and then you're going to put all the pressure on yourself. Like, oh, you made a mistake. You're so stupid. All of these mm-hmm. little voices in your head and you just can't get them out. No, but I read... This other thing about, so it was how schools in China, right? So in the British schooling system, it's kind of, I don't know if it's the same for the UK and I don't know how reliable this point is because I can't remember where I read it. But I think, I feel like it was a good point because I've spoken about someone else. But the whole idea was about how in the British schooling system, you're not meant to get anything wrong. You're aiming for like full marks. That's the end goal. You should be getting full marks. And obviously not everyone gets full marks, but you're aiming for like, the full end of the spectrum of like amount marks given but in the Chinese schooling system it's more your list you're meant to only get a few marks so you're used to getting things wrong because it creates this kind of mental I don't know process of it's okay to get things wrong and problem solving working things out so it makes students better at getting things wrong because they're used to that they're used to not getting everything right and I think that's also really interesting like in America what's it like are you meant to get everything right or majority wrong and slowly work your way up yeah I think we honestly it's kind of it's hard to answer that question because it's more of a personal perspective um obviously schools want every student to have like a hundred percent on their test maybe not a hundred percent but like at least straight A's which is anywhere from 90 percent to a hundred so you do have that gap still but it's still very high compared to like a B, a C, a D, or an F, you know? And so with that, it's really like up to you on how you view things. And I mean, growing up, having so much pressure on myself and from teachers, because 
they're always like, oh, you're a quote unquote gifted kid. And there were various programs, like we call it the GATE program, which stands for Gifted and Talented Education. It's literally a whole separate program for quote gifted kids. And so it's like growing up, I always had the expectation that I needed to get everything 100% and I needed to get straight A's. And if I failed one exam, I'd start like crying and like being like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I regret all the decisions I made previously. Mm. Exactly. Like I remember when I got my A-level results, because one of the grades wasn't the grade that I wanted, but I still did pretty well considering like it wasn't like I did badly. I sobbed, like I cried and everyone was around me like, you've just got your results and you've done really well. And I was just there crying and I ruined the entire thing because I was put so much pressure on myself and I was so stressed about the entire thing. I just think it was sad really that this pressure that we've put on ourselves, not only does it stress you out, but then it ruins potentially really happy and exciting moments of your life that should be really great. But if you don't get what you want, like luckily I got the grade that I really wanted in my degree. I was really happy with it. But I know if I'd have got a 2-1 or a 2-2, even though they are great grades, there is nothing wrong with that. I'd set my expectations on a first. If I didn't get that, it's going to be heartbroken because I'd put so much time and effort into getting that. And then that's really sad because really you've got your degree. You should be so happy and proud of yourself, but these expectations and pressure ruin it for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's that whole concept of being a perfectionist. You know, like Mm -hmm. you grew up thinking everything had to be perfect, whether it's perfect in your eyes, perfect in society's eyes, generally Mm -hmm. perfect. And obviously that's impossible, right? No one can be perfect. You can't do everything perfectly because perfection doesn't exist, but we still believe that we can be perfect and we will be perfect because everyone says you're almost perfect. (laughs) Exactly. And I think it's so weird about what you were saying about the gifted and talented program. So we have those in the UK as well, but they're mainly called like the Oxbridge programs to get to Oxford or Cambridge. So you have, but people get put in them in year seven, which is when you're 11. Like, how do you know how academically talented you are when you're 11? But like the other flip side of it is students who don't academically perform well when they're younger because they're not mature enough, because you don't know what the home setting is, all of these things they're then pigeonholed into not high achievers and they're not good at it. And I don't think they get the, like I saw it in my like peers in my class and stuff like that. They'd be labeled as a student who didn't try hard, didn't do well in certain lessons. They messed around. Yeah. Why, by the time they were year 10, they changed, but they were still in this pigeonhole of doesn't try hard and like just messes around. It's not good. Exactly. They wouldn't get the same attention that I would get because I tried hard for the past five years. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Like, that that is another toxic side of being like a high achiever is the kind of flip of being a low achiever and being pigeonholed and then your expectations of life are so much smaller because you don't think you can go to college or university you don't think those are things for you because you haven't set your expectations on them so then you don't try in school because you've been told you're stupid so then kind of the knock-on effect of that it's just so toxic all of it it's just really kind of There's a lot of negatives involved with the entire system. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So, so, so true. In high school right now, we have various programs. So you can go the non-honors track, which is just your standard high school program, or I guess your high school curriculum, where you do Mm -hmm. like 
normal or we call it regular English classes, history regs, all of these things. Um, you also have your honors program, which is um, English honors, AP classes. And then we also have IB, which is Oh, International Baccalaureate. Yes. Yeah, we have that here. Mm -hmm, exactly. And so there's so many like different routes you can take. But mm -hmm. those who take all like regs classes, the reputation for them is that, oh, you're lazy. You don't work hard. You don't have goals for yourself. You don't know mm -hmm. what you're doing in life. And then people assume that those who are taking AP courses and IB courses, they're like geniuses. They know exactly what they're doing in their life. They know what career they want to go into. They have their life plan all set out. And that is not the case, you know. The stereotypes for both groups of these students should not exist in the first place. Exactly. There's so many negative parts of it. And I've like felt this in myself because I've started to notice and I'm trying really hard to like realize what do I actually want to do or what do I want to tell people I'm doing? Because when like if I was to say to people, right, I'm going to Oxford in September or I'm going to Cambridge, I know everyone's reaction would be like, wow, that is insane. That's so good. But if I was telling everyone another life career plan, it wouldn't be as good. And it's kind of like filtering out these kind of stereotypes of accepting that my worth isn't based on my education and that people's respect to me will still say the same. When like, you know, if you're telling these people you're doing these great things and they're like, oh, wow, that's great. And it kind of fills that serotonin. It's like an addiction of telling people you're doing well at something you need that like I can't remember the word for it but kind of satisfaction yeah exactly you need someone to provide that satisfaction for you but are you doing that because you want to do it or are you doing it because you like the feeling of telling them you're doing it I don't know and I found myself like I don't I, I don't really know which one like looking at masters I didn't know which one I wanted to do because there's it's kind of it's weird once you start asking yourself, what do you really want to do? Really, really? Like if you could not tell anyone what you were doing and you had to stay silent, what would you choose? Exactly. That hit different. <laughs> really understanding if you're doing this for yourself or doing this for others. And I think one of the scariest part is as like a quote unquote high achieving student, by the way, I keep mm -hmm. doing like the quote unquote thing because it's like just a term. You know, yeah, I don't I think it really it. exists. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I think every student is high achieving. But anyways, <laughs> mm -hmm. so we I know what you mean. Yeah. OK, cool. Cool. So as like a quote unquote high achieving student, you know, we have that expectation that or I guess we kind of have that set idea that whenever you're achieving something, people will praise you for it. Mm. And you know, in the beginning, when you get praised for it, you're like, ah, thank you so much. You start like flipping your hair, you feel like you're ah. on top of the world. And then like, after that whole conversation is over, you're like, wow, I'm proud of myself because someone else is proud of me, you mm -hmm. know, and then like, eventually you're every time you start achieving things that look good in front of other people's eyes, you're like, okay, so Maybe I'm not that bad. And then when no one tells you anything, you have no words of affirmation. It's all you and your own thoughts in your head. You're like, okay, so what am I doing wrong? You start overthinking. You're thinking of all the horrible, horrible consequences, which probably won't even happen. But you just automatically have those thoughts in your head. 
because no mm-hmm. one is saying good things to you exactly like have you ever done that thing where you've got a result in a test and I don't know pretend you've got a C and if you found out everyone got an A you'd be so sad about that C that wasn't what you wanted but if you found out everyone got an E you'd be so happy with that C grade and it just like it's because of how much we just base ourselves on everyone else around us really which is just you're not doing it for you it's like what you were saying earlier about being addicted to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing it's like once you've got that good grade, they then need to get the next grade and the next grade and the next grade mm-hmm. needs to be better and better and better and better. It can never get worse. I think that's the other thing with being like a perfectionist in the education system that we're in. Yeah. And this needs to be achieving. It's kind of, it can never go backwards. You always have to go forwards, which has put so much pressure on you to never do worse than what you did before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's really interesting too with the whole concept of comparison Because, Mm. you know, I always see memes or like those funny videos on TikTok, Instagram, when they're saying like, okay, I got a 90% and I'm like super happy about it. But then that one student is like crying because they got a 98%. And I always laugh at it because it's real. It's actually deeper than you'd expect. It's not the fact that they're crying because they didn't get 100%. It's the fact that they're crying because they feel like a failure. They think everyone looks at them as a failure. They didn't achieve their own goals. It's all of that, you know? It's it's not just because they didn't get 100%. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just feeding this big comparison. Your self-worth is your grade. Everyone's in comparison, kind of like competitive, competing against each other. Everyone's all together. Then that's the other thing of, like what I've started to realize is another toxic trait. I found this in university a lot was because I went from being sixth form with one of the top students in the class. Everything was great. Small fish, no, big fish, small pond. University, small fish, big pond. A lot more really, really smart people were on my course who were really talented in the like, like degree that we were doing. And all of a sudden I wasn't the high achieving person that I was before. I was just doing like, fine I was doing okay and I'd never been used to that before Mm -hmm. but then I started like getting jealous and comparing myself with others and rather than just seeing it as like oh that's what they've got I'd be like well they've got that and I can't get that like I can't I didn't ever think that I could get the grades that they could get because I valued them higher than I valued myself because they got better grades than me it was just really kind of when looking back on it and unraveling it all it's quite a weird thing to realize that you waste so much of your self-worth grades and when it goes badly you value people who do well better than you like even their advice and stuff like that you value all of that more because they're doing better than you in life even if it's a totally unrelated situation and it's Mm -hmm. tough because the whole like jealousy situation it's so true you get so competitive to the point where it's not that you want to tear others down it's the fact that you want to be the best you know because growing up you've always been the best or at at least like on the better spectrum but one that doesn't even exist because everyone we're kind of just the same it's just what we've been told and what we think of ourselves and Mm -hmm. also at the same time it's like you wanting to be the best at what cost you know like like what are you willing to sacrifice do you want to sacrifice the friendships that you made do you want to sacrifice your mental health like 
it's so unnecessary to sacrifice these things because, you know, ultimately your grades really don't matter. But that's a hard concept to understand. I think the hardest pill to swallow, because now I guess if you most people finish at their bachelor's, I've finished the education timeline, like I've done it, it's all finished now. And the thing that I've noticed, because now I'm starting to look at jobs and applying for those, they only look at the last thing you did. So they'll only look Mm -hmm. at my degree. They might look at my A-levels. It's pretty rare that they do look at my A-levels. That's probably not going to happen. They're definitely not looking at my GCSEs. So when you felt so stressed and wanting to be the best at those things all your life and you were the best, you kind of still weirdly proud about it in a very toxic way, (laughs) accepting that it actually is totally irrelevant to your position right now is really hard. It's really tricky weird Mm -hmm. realize how much value you placed on it when it was totally irrelevant yeah and you know it's also funny because when you start a new year of school or when you're just meeting someone new they're like okay so what did you do over the summer or um tell me a little bit about yourself you're like um Mm -hmm. what do I say because you're like (laughs) I can't just say well, I am a 4.0 GPA student. I got a perfect score on my SAT, you know? Like, you can't just say that because that's not you and you know that. Exactly, but I think the school system expects you to have your own character, personality, and that thing on top of, like, schools, like, doing schoolwork. But I would literally wake up, go to school, come back, do homework, go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like, well when was I meant to be me like when was that it's weekends we had sports fixtures like you didn't have free time then you literally had maybe a Sunday and then you're doing work for school for the Monday so how do they expect you to ever develop who you are Mm -hmm. when all of the time you're just studying and working it's so like and then it's weird when you go to university and you have to explain to people meet people and say what your interests are (laughs) actually I've just studied for the past five years yeah this is me guys I have no idea (laughs) exactly and it's it's hard to kind of accept that and Mm -hmm. admit to yourself that I've been placing my value on school for way too long I don't even know who I am anymore because you do lose your identity and it's not Mm -hmm like to sound dramatic or anything because it's real you know I've experienced this myself and it's kind of at that point when I realized that was happening that I started my podcast too this is kind of like the deeper darker truth that I didn't really reveal until now but it's true Mm -hmm. you know I don't want to just be a school person like I don't want to just have those grades define who I am as a person because I'm so much more than that and I know that you know, mm-hmm. I I can be funny sometimes. Like I'm not the funniest person, but I can be. I like to laugh. I like mm-hmm. to speak to other people. I have multiple hobbies and interests outside of school. I can never do them because I'm always so busy with schoolwork. But you know, exactly. at least now I'm trying with my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're a multifaceted being. You're not just a STEM student on the road to being a doctor. But all of these stereotypes of what you're meant to be, even in like all the TV shows that we watch and everything, there's always that one kid who's like just works all the time and everyone picks on them and like then they end up doing great. Like there's always going to be that film where it's like, oh, it's the kid who got bullied at school because he worked hard and then he worked so hard that he became a millionaire <laughs> and CEO of like Amazon. I don't know. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's just 
when you start realizing you need to branch out and do stuff it's really scary but also it's so important and you've realized it at like how old are you I'm 16 right now you've realized that it's such a good age to realize it I didn't realize it until I was 19 20 and like I feel like the earlier you can realize place the less value on your education and more value on who you are becoming as a person then you'll be so much happier in yourself and able to deal with the stress of being like a high achiever we're not liking that word but that's what we're calling it yeah like you're better able to deal with the stresses that that presents because you don't associate your worth with that so much anymore Mm -hmm. exactly and I just like to offer one piece of advice from someone who's going through that school experience right now while also having different passion projects on the outside my biggest advice is the fact that you don't have to place such a high amount of pressure on yourself to get like the perfect grades. Like it's okay to want good grades. Like for me, I'm still maintaining my good grades. But also at the same time, I'm telling myself that if I do fail one exam, you know, it might be because I didn't spend enough time on it, or it might be because COVID is overwhelming me and my mental health may not be that good at that point. So I'll just work harder next time. I'm not going to be like, okay, so from now on, I'm going to study eight hours a day and then I'm going to go to sleep right after I'm going to do this and then do that. No, it's just maintain that balance and understand that even if you do make a mistake, it's going to be okay in the long run and Mm -hmm. take some extra time out of your day to figure out who you are, explore different interests. Yeah, like you can change who, even if you're at one point really studious, but now you want to branch out and take a less educational path, you are allowed. Like Mm -hmm. what you have done up until age 16 has not predetermined your life. You can change. Like I changed. I was on one career path and then I swapped career paths and I might change again. And that's okay. I feel like quite often when you're doing these straight A students, you put so much pressure into your long-term plan and you're Mm -hmm. putting all your energy into achieving this final end goal. And it can be really scary five years into that 10 year plan to be like, actually, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to do it. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of courage. But in the long term, you'll be so much happier if you just admit that that's not for me. Like That's not the route that I want to go in. I think that's a scary thing to do. But if you do find yourself in that situation, it's so important that you do it because you're not going to be here forever you're not going to love the life you picked if you did it just because you felt forced to. Because ultimately, five years is, let's say you live to 100, it's only 5% of your life. It's not, it's really not enough to give away the next 20%. I don't know. Just don't do it. (laughs) We often fear the unexpected, the uncertainty, but, you know, you know what you want. Why not go for it? At least attempt to. No, it's better to try than not know what's going to happen if you didn't try. Exactly. You may as well see what's happening. And as well with the passion projects, try not turn that into a source of high achievement stress. I think that's what a lot of people do. And I've noticed myself doing it. And you might have noticed yourself doing it with the podcast that mm-hmm. I've got to get an episode out by this time. <laughs> it's now part, oh, it's like a mini homework you're setting yourself. I'm like, God, I haven't edited it yet. And I'm like, yeah. who actually cares? Who is actually going to message you and be like, I was waiting for that and you disappointed me and I'm not okay. <laughs> That's it. I'm going. I'm leaving. Like, there's actually no pressure with a passion project. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be for fun. So try and keep that, I think, as well at the forefront of your head of when you're doing something. Like, this is fun. This is exciting. This isn't stressful. But it's exactly. hard to do. 
it's hard to take that first leap. But honestly, mm -hmm. once you do, you'll start to realize more things about yourself and become more self-aware, which is honestly the biggest accomplishment you can get. Mm -hmm. I agree. I feel like it's the biggest as you get older and you get more self-aware, you realize how important being self-aware is and how it's kind of the most, really the most important thing, like regardless of your grades, of your career path, of anything that you've done, the amount that you know yourself is so much more valuable than getting five A stars aged 14. Like, it's not, that's not as important as who you are. Yeah, and once again, we're so young, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I'm 16 right now, you're 20. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, we still have so much life ahead of us. This is only like a fifth of the way. I've been saying it's like 100. I agree. It's like, you're, you're so, you've got so much more. How are they expecting us to know what our career is going to be when I've literally worked, thought about it for four years and mm -hmm. they expect me to know what, like so many people are asking me, so what's your next step then? Which career path do you think you're going to go into? And like, I finished a month ago. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's okay to not know. That's like the mm -hmm. overall theme here. It's okay. Exactly. Mm -hmm. everything's gonna be fine everything is always fine it's fine it will be fine just don't stress <laughs> love that love that <laughs> thank you so much for coming on my show Isabella and so oh, I really enjoyed it yeah I had a lovely chat with you I thought this is such an impactful episode and can hopefully be very relatable for some of the audience listening if not I hope you can learn something new <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I hope you learned about the British education system in all its glory. It's a really yeah. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so where can my audience connect with you? So I have my own podcast Instagram as well. So it's just you've got mail underscore pod. You'll find me on there. It's attached to my kind of like main account as well. If you want to find me personally. And then obviously my podcast on Instagram. If you just search you've got mail. You'll find more of me there if you fancy listening. <laughs> Thank you so much again. And for all the listeners, be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Study Break Podcast. Stay tuned to your favorite podcast app. Follow me there and listen to a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.